0: amen. Good morning. Welcome. You can be seated. So glad you're here. Uh, For those of you visiting, I trust that you'll be blessed that you've come to visit. Those of you online, we're also so very glad that you're joining with us. Uh, Before we get started though, I do want to take a moment and provide you with an update on our ongoing relief efforts for our Maui Ohana. Uh, First, and this is really important, we want to thank those of you that gave financially very generously. Though we haven't asked for money, nor do we ever ask for money, please know that 100% of any and all monies sent are getting directly into the hands of those who have the greatest immediate financial needs, and I'll explain why and how. This last week I spent quite a bit of time with Pastor Steve Santos of Calvary Chapel Westside, whose church was in Lahaina, the building that they rented by the way, it's still there. Hallelujah. It's, yeah, <laughs> everything else around it is gone, but it's still there, but they can't get to it or use it. Uh, but Steve is the pastor of Calvary Chapel West Side there in Lahaina. So we talked on the phone for quite a bit of time, and we've already sent quite a bit of money uh, to them to be distributed to people by way of uh, gift cards for places like Costco, etc. That's just logistically more practical initially. Also as of right now, the hotels, and this is actually a question we've been asked, uh, what about the people that lost their, their homes? Well. THE HOTELS ARE HOUSING PEOPLE THAT LOST THEIR HOMES AND uh, TEMPORARILY THOUGH uh, THERE IS NO COST ASSOCIATED WITH IT BUT THAT TIME WILL COME TO AN END AND WHEN IT DOES THE MONIES WILL BE USED TO PAY FOR THEM AS NEEDED. Um, STEVE ASKED ME TO MENTION SPECIFICALLY THAT Maui tourism has virtually stopped, and the problem is is that this is costing the locals their jobs and their livelihood, and of course it doesn't help when these government officials say don't come to Maui. And so he wanted me to get the word out that people should still come to Maui. Uh, This will actually help the locals, who are the ones, by the way, WHO ARE HELPING THOSE WHO WERE IN LAHAINA AND THAT TOURISM REVENUE IS DESPERATELY NEEDED AT THIS TIME FOR THAT REASON. ALSO um, I'M IN CONTACT WITH A BROTHER IN CHRIST THAT STEVE PUT ME IN CONTACT WITH WHO LOCALLY OVERSEES uh, NEW CAR DEALERSHIPS, NEW CAR FRANCHISES, AND WE'RE WORKING ON A PLAN TO REPLACE CARS THAT WERE LOST. Um, I HOPE YOU DON'T, FOR THOSE OF YOU WHO DON'T KNOW ME THAT WELL, I HOPE YOU DON'T LOOK AT ME DIFFERENTLY WHEN I TELL YOU THIS, BUT I USED TO BE A a CAR DEALER. (laughs) YOU STILL LOVE ME, RIGHT? There's a saying, I know it's, uh, you know, said in different ways, but you can take the guy out of the car business, but not the car business out of the guy. I was in the car business for over 30 years. And uh, actually, when we, moved here. I moved my Kailua girl back here. That's the other saying, you can take the girl out of Kailua, but not the Kailua out of the girl. So I moved my Kailua girl back to Kailua. And uh, so that's how we were able to do it and start this church is I just got trucks, uh, brought them in from the mainland and took them to the auction. And that's how I, that was my tent making uh, ministry. How am I doing? Am I So when Steve mentioned the car thing, um, as you might imagine, that piqued my interest uh, for a couple of reasons, the first of which is because I'm a car guy at heart. But secondly, think about this, they don't have cars, they don't have cars. So I spent some time with this brother in Christ, we're working on a plan. Um, to get cars to people uh, somehow, some way. And uh, of course, it's just the locals that have all come. I mean, this is really what Hawaii is all about, right? They're all coming together. It's not the manufacturers, <laughs> the franchises. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. BUT THE LOCALS ARE COMING TOGETHER AND WE'RE GOING TO COME UP WITH SOMETHING AND WE WOULD COVET YOUR PRAYERS IN THIS REGARD. Uh, OF COURSE uh, SOME OF THE MONIES WILL GO TO COORDINATE THAT EFFORT AND THEN ALSO WHEN THE TIME COMES WE'RE GOING TO REVISIT GETTING BOOTS ON THE GROUND. RIGHT NOW WE CANNOT. IT'S STILL TOO PREMATURE. Now. As for the supplies that we ship to Maui, Brother Mike Lau has kept me updated and has assured me that all of the supplies are getting directly to the people who need them. Get this, yeah, praise the Lord. So this was as of, it's more now. but. Uh, as of last week, more than 16 containers have already been offloaded. And you understand now that we had to use alternative measures at undisclosed locations. I practiced that sentence all week. So, ONE OF THOSE ALTERNATIVE MEASURES WAS TO HAVE THE CONTAINERS OFFLOADED AT AN UNDISCLOSED LOCATION VIS-A-VIS THE RENTING OF BOX TRUCKS, I.E. u hauls PROBABLY SHOULDN'T HAVE EVEN SAID THAT. Um, SO THE TRUCKS THEN, uh, THEY OFFLOAD THE CONTAINERS, THEY GET THE SUPPLIES INTO THE TRUCKS, THEY TAKE THEM TO CHURCHES hotels and community centers where the locals have already been apprised of that there are going to be supplies at these locations, again, undisclosed locations, and they're getting there and to the people despite the roadblocks, literally, literally the roadblocks, literally. So we praise the Lord for that, and please continue to pray. Uh, It is horrific. It is unimaginable, and it is heartbreaking, and so please pray for Maui. We have two services on Sunday, the first of which is the weekly Bible prophecy update and the second service, which will be live streamed, by the way, at 1115 a.m. Hawaii time. Uh, That's the sermon. It's really a verse by verse study through the Bible. We're currently in First John. We'll start in Chapter four today. Our text will be verses one through six. And we're going to look at three questions concerning this exhortation from the Apostle John by the Holy Spirit to test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. So that'll be at 1115 a.m. Hawaii time for those of you online. And if you're watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would really encourage you to go directly to JDFarag.org. Uh, THAT'S OUR WEBSITE. THERE YOU'LL FIND THE UNCENSORED AND UNINTERRUPTED ENTIRETY OF TODAY'S UPDATE. SO WITH THAT, LET'S GET STARTED. Um, I THINK I TALK ABOUT THIS EVERY WEEK, DON'T I? (laughs) I'D LIKE TO ASK AND ANSWER THE QUESTION OF, WHAT WOULD I DO IF I KNEW THE PRE-TRIB RAPTURE WAS ABOUT TO HAPPEN? PLEASE HEAR ME OUT. PERHAPS BETTER ASKED, WHAT WOULD I DO THAT I'M NOT DOING IF I KNEW THAT THE RAPTURE WAS ABOUT TO HAPPEN AT THE APPOINTED TIME. NOW I REALIZE THE OBVIOUS ANSWER AT LEAST IN PART IN SOME MEASURE WOULD BE SOMETHING ALONG THE LINES OF WELL I'D WANT TO BE FOUND FAITHFUL DOING WHATEVER IT IS THAT I COULD WHILE THERE WAS STILL TIME TO DO SO. BUT THIS IS A QUESTION THAT I AM KEENLY AWARE CAN BE EASILY MISUNDERSTOOD, SO LET ME HASTEN TO SAY THAT I AM IN NO WAY SUGGESTING THAT ONE STOP WHAT THEY'RE CURRENTLY DOING. LET ME EXPLAIN. I'M NOT SUGGESTING ONE QUIT THEIR JOB AND WAIT FOR THE RAPTURE. Rather, in some cases, it's actually the opposite that's true. It may very well be that the Lord has you working that job, building that house, or planning that wedding for such a time as this. The question isn't so much what would I do differently as much as it is, what would I do now as we see the day fast approaching now? Example, is there someone I would call or write right now? Instead of waiting, or are there certain preparations that I would be making in anticipation of that which I knew was about to happen, namely the pre tribulation rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ? Now, FOR THOSE ASKING THE QUESTION OF WHY I'M GOING IN THIS DIRECTION, LET ME SIMPLY SAY THERE ARE SEVERAL REASONS THAT THIS IS ON MY HEART, HAS BEEN ON MY HEART, AND ALSO EXPLAINS WHY IT IS THAT I SEEMINGLY TALK ABOUT THIS EVERY WEEK. THERE IS COMING A WEEK WHERE I WON'T TALK ABOUT IT, BY THE WAY. Because I won't be here to talk about it, because it will have already happened. And you better not be here either. No, but several reasons. Chief among these reasons is, and please hear me out on this, I'd rather do it now and not have the rapture happen than have it happen and not do it now. Can I uh, rephrase this and maybe pose another question? And I want you to think it through. What do you have to lose? In other words, what do you have to lose by doing it? Whereas what would you lose by not doing it? Would you lose that opportunity that the Lord had presented to you? You know those divine appointments? You could have never scheduled them. In fact, if you had scheduled an appointment, it would have probably got rescheduled and then rescheduled, and then eventually it just gets canceled. You ever had those times where you run into somebody and it's a divine appointment, and you know it's a divine appointment because there's no way, and it's kind of like, wow, this is a divine appointment. (laughs) I could have never scheduled this. In fact, I wasn't even supposed to be right here at this right time. Uh, I was actually delayed, ended up having to go there, then there, and ended up here. Now I know why. That's called an opportunity. What kind of an opportunity? Oh, it's an opportunity to reach the lost. And this certainly has application to reaching the lost while there's still time, but it also has application to encouraging the saved at this, the end of time. There are many who are very battle weary right now in this, the last hour of human history as we know it. And that's why it is that when you talk about the rapture of the church, it should have the effect of settling your heart and encouraging you. That's what Jesus did. Wait, pastor, are you saying Jesus talked about the rapture? You better believe he did. When did he talk about the rapture? John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Let me read it. And I want you to pay particular attention to the first part of verse 1. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Stop. Why would Jesus say, let not your heart be troubled? Could it be? that their hearts were troubled? Question, why were their hearts troubled? Because Jesus just got done telling them, um, I have to go away. (laughs) I'm going to be handed over to the Son of Man. Basically, He's telling them that He's going to be crucified, buried. He's going to raise again from the the dead. Um, And this really troubled their hearts, and they were very discouraged. And that discouragement was potentially even giving way to despair. And Jesus knew it, and He wanted to encourage them. So how is He going to encourage them? Here's how He's going to encourage them. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go, I have to go, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, notice the specificity, that where I am there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Translated, you want me to go. No, we don't want you to go. No, you want me to go. No, but we've had you with us, Jesus don't go. No, you want me to go. And oh, by the way, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So instead of having God with you, you're going to have God in you. You want me to go. And by the way, I have to go, because when I go, I'm going to go and prepare a bridal chamber for you, my bride. Because we've just been betrothed. Oh, that's, I'm sorry, young people. We don't use words like that anymore. Or courting. When I tell a young person, my wife and I courted for two years before we got married, they look at me like, you went to court before you got whatever they've been engaged he's the bridegroom the church is the bride and they would have got it they would have understood exactly what he was saying and they would have been very encouraged even excited about what he was saying wait a minute oh yeah go Because, see, they understood the customs in that day, and it's still the same modern day at the engagement. They would eat from the bread and drink from the cup, and then the word, the covenant, would be written, the marriage covenant, and the engagement was now formal. Now, what does the bridegroom do? Sweetheart, I'm going to go now and I'm going to build a room addition on my father's house. That's where we're going to live. It's going to be our bridal chamber where we're going to celebrate and consummate our marriage for a period of seven. I've got to watch the fingers. Seven. Somebody says he uses Masonic hand signs. (laughs) sorry Um, what Jesus is saying is I know you guys are downcast you're unsettled in your hearts you're troubled in your hearts I don't want you to be troubled in your heart because I'm going to prepare our bridal chamber and I'm going to prepare it and then I'm going to come back uh, as a thief in the night and catch you away and take you to that place that I prepared. And we're going to celebrate for a period of seven the number of completion. And then after the seven, the completion, the consummation of the marriage, we're going to come out and we're going to have the wedding feast of the Lamb. He's trying to encourage them. This is the rapture. No, it's, it's the second coming. Excuse me. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, wait, where's the place you're going to prepare? Oh, it's in my father's house. Oh, it's up there. Yeah. I will come again and receive you to myself. Oh, you're going to take us from here so we can be with you. Receive us to yourself. And it's even more specific in case you need more clarification. That where I am, there you may be also. Where am he? (laughs) I should have quit while I was ahead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, in the Father's house. That's where we're going. That's where we're gonna be. Can I just say it this way? I'm sorry, I'm yelling. Everybody says, "Stop yelling." I can't. It's a custom in my country. We yell. Yeah. It's not his coming. It's our going. I go. If it was the the second coming, it wouldn't. He wouldn't have said it like that. He would say, "I'm going to prepare this place," but then I'm I'm coming in the second coming. Well, then why are you telling us this? Uh, No, I'm telling you this because I'm going to come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also in my father's house, in this place that I prepared for you as my bride. Okay, pastor, you're all fancy Nancy today, aren't you? Can you uh, support this hermeneutically? That's another big word, makes me sound more intelligent than I am. It just means Scripture interpreting Scripture, hermeneutics. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15. Again, pay particular attention to the first part of verse 15. The Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit writing to the church in Thessalonica says, according to the Lord's own word. Did you catch that? Wait, the Lord said this. Yeah. So, Paul, about what what you're about to write to us is according to what the Lord's own word was. Yeah. Well, what is it that you're going to tell us according to the Lord's own word? We tell you, according to the Lord's own word, that we who are still alive, according to the Lord's own word, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, speaking of death. And here's how it's going to go down. Better said, go up. Verse 16, for the Lord himself, according to the Lord's own word, will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, And with the trumpet call of God, and stop right there for just a moment, parenthetically, let me just insert this. There's two trumpets. There's the trumpet of angels for Israel, the trumpet of God for the church. Make that distinction. There's the first trumpet for Israel and the last trumpet for the church. We're going to see that next. Make that distinction. A lot of guys get into a lot of trouble, especially when it comes to the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture, because they get all twisted up into a trumpet pretzel. (laughs) This is the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This is our bodily resurrection. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. We're going up. In the Greek it's harpazo, in the Latin Vulgate it's rapturous, transliterated rapture. We're going to be caught up with great force, raptured together with them in the clouds that rise first in the bodily resurrection to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And then he says this, verse 18, therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you have to ask yourself what the therefore is there for. Encourage each other with these words now just stay with me if the rapture was not before the seven year tribulation would or could or should paul say what he says in verse 18 it wouldn't make sense right because we know what happens in the in the seven year tribulation and Please, uh, for those who have uh, played fast and loose with the first half and the last half of the tribulation, it's a seven-year tribulation. Um, Could you imagine the Apostle Paul saying, you know, I sure hope you don't get beheaded, for rejecting the mark of the beast, and I sure hope you don't die, uh, you know, because a lot, a lot of the population of the earth is going to die in the tribulation, and it's going to be just unspeakable horror, the likes of which mankind has never seen. Therefore encourage each other with these words. Now, encourage one another because their hearts are troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Be encouraged because <laughs> the trumpet call of God is going to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All your loved ones that died in the Lord, absent from their bodies, present with the Lord. They're going to get their new bodies, and you're going to see them again. And then you're going to see Jesus, and you're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and then go to that place that He prepared for us. Uh, That's encouraging. That's exciting. Knowing I have this to look forward to makes whatever I'm going through easier to get through because I have this to look forward to. First Corinthians 15, two verses, 51 and 52. The Apostle Paul, again, by the Holy Spirit, writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, again, speaking of death, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's not a blink. At the last trumpet, there's that trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, putting off, as one translation renders it, putting on the incorruptible, putting off the corruptible. Translated, we're getting new bodies that alone especially for people like me i know some of you bear witness with me when i say this this body's got a lot of miles on it that's the car guy again i'm getting a new one it's a putting off of these mortal bodies and we're given our immortal bodies for all of eternity (laughs) at the rapture. Okay, we have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is, Pastor, you're doing it again. Because what you're doing is you're getting people's hopes up, and then if it doesn't happen now they'll fall away. I don't mean to sound mean when I say this, but I say this nonetheless, if that happens, it speaks more to one's spiritual immaturity. Yeah, I said it. And here's why I said it. When one longs for the Lord's appearing in the pre tribulation rapture, it comes packaged with long suffering, a longing. Just by virtue of its implication, when you say, you don't get people's hopes up. Wait a minute. That's what, no, that is your hope. I want you to get your hopes up. No, but you'll just be disappointed. No, 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 no. No one who puts their hope in the Lord will ever be disappointed. Well, yeah, but there was this one guy, not me. <laughs> he said, Yeah, the rapture's going to be this year. And then everybody's like, Okay, yay.
1: And then it didn't
0: happen. And then now they don't want anything to do with the Lord, the things of God, the church. Oh. Well, I have a question for you, and again, I don't mean to sound mean, but were they really born-again Christians to begin with? And if they were, and I'm not, you can't judge the motive of someone's heart, (laughs) we can see the fruit of one's life, I mean, the Lord knows. But if that's the depth of spiritual character and maturity that you have, then I don't think the onus is on someone who's wanting to encourage God's people about the rapture of the church happening sooner than we think. here's how I get there, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 6. These are the final words Paul penned at the end of his life to a young Timothy by the Holy Spirit. And he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. He knew his days were numbered, and they were. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith past tense. I finished well. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all as you and me who have longed, keyword, underscore, highlight, bold, italic, second color, whatever color you want. All who have longed for His appearing. In other words, it's not a disappointment, it's just a longing. Yeah, but if you get people's hopes up, and then it doesn't happen, they're going to be let down. No, it doesn't work that way. The mature Christians, spiritually mature, will continue to long for His return. And here's what that sounds like, by the way. Ah! or that much closer. In fact, now I'm even more hopeful. Okay, let me try this again. Um, the day comes and goes. Nope, no date setting. The day comes and goes. I thought for sure, man, this is, this is it. I guess not. Well, guess what? You're one day closer to when it will. so what's your problem? That was mean. (laughs) I I could have probably said that differently. Yes, there are those who so long for his return in the rapture that they are let down when it doesn't happen at the time that they had hoped and thought it would. I get it of course this is understandable, but please listen to me on this. I doubt anyone post-rapture will ever regret having always been ready pre-rapture. Are you kidding me right now? I know this is going to be an absurd, silly way to illustrate it, but you'll get the point. Could you imagine after the trumpet sounds, dead and Christ, rise first. We meet the Lord in the air. We go to that place that He prepared for us. We're forever with the Lord. <laughs> I like how one said, it. I have no problem in my life right now that the rapture won't solve. <sighs> I mean, that's it. Can you imagine somebody post-rapture going, man. You know, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have been as prepared. In what universe does that make any sense at all? No, it's the opposite that's true, right? Conversely, there will be those left behind post-rapture wishing someone would have readied them pre-rapture. and it's for this reason that we should always be at the ready anytime to give anyone an answer who asks by the way we talked about this last week i won't go into it this no this was thursday night we talked about it god has the prophet ezekiel just let his emotions show not keep him in hold him back and put on the smile no, just let it out. Let them see your broken heart and your bitter tears. And here's why, Ezekiel, I want them to ask you why you're so downcast. And then when they ask you, then you answer them because I've just received news of what's coming. That's why. In other words, the presupposition is, is that someone's going to ask. This is 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But, and this is important, do this with gentleness and respect. Would to God that we would be more respectful when we share Jesus with people. I think sometimes, and I'll include myself in this, we do err greatly. We're not very good advertisement for Jesus Christ when we share the gospel. Be respectful. Let your words be seasoned with grace. But let's get back to this given answer to everyone who asks you. Interesting, Peter didn't say you should always be prepared to tell everyone about the hope that you have. No. There should be something about your life, something so peculiar we're a peculiar people. (laughs) You can say that again. We're a peculiar people. And so peculiar because it's puzzling, and, and people are looking at us and going, wow, I mean, everything is burning up. And you're looking up. What's up? I'm glad you asked. I'm planning on going up. That's my blessed hope. Well, I want that. Well, you can. Okay. For those asking if the reason that I'm going in this direction is because I believe the pre tribulation rapture is about to happen, my answer is a resounding yes. Uh, For those asking the question of what if it doesn't happen as soon as I think it will, my answer is still a resounding yes. No, actually, it's still sooner than any of us might think and closer now. Again, you'll forgive me for repeating myself, but I'd rather be ready and encourage others to be ready and have it not happen, then not be ready only to then have it happen? What have you got to lose except an opportunity? You have everything to gain. I suppose the question now becomes one of why IT IS THAT I'M SO CONVINCED THAT THE PRE-TRIBULATION RAPTURE IS ABOUT TO HAPPEN AT THE APPOINTED TIME ACCORDING TO THE LORD'S OWN WORD AS PROPHESIED. WELL, IF YOU'LL KINDLY ALLOW ME TO FOR THE REMAINDER OF OUR TIME, I'LL EXPLAIN SOME OF THE, THERE'S ACTUALLY MANY REASONS AS TO WHY IT IS THAT I'M SO CONVINCED. SO WITH THAT WE'RE GOING TO GO AHEAD at this time and and the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. In the interest of time I'll paint the prophetic canvas with a broad brush of sorts so as to provide the proverbial bigger picture. And the reason being is that Time doesn't permit, at least for today's update, to fill in all of the details of what's happening and perhaps more importantly, why it's happening now. Now. Here's the truth. Everything that's now happening in and to the world today should at the very least bring the nearness of the pre-tribulation rapture picture into clearer focus. I'm just going to share with you three. So what follows are just three of the many reasons as to why it is that I truly believe with all of my heart that the pre-tribulation rapture of the church is about to happen at the appointed time, and I'm ready. I'm ready. You know that question that I uh, started with that we're also going to end with, by the way, spoiler alert. (laughs) My affairs are in order, so to speak. Mm Anyone that I would have called if I knew the rapture was about to happen, anybody that I would have called, I've already called them. In fact, I've called them so much they blocked my number. I have no loose ends. I have no unfinished business. The only unfinished business I have is what awaits. I'M READY. MY AFFAIRS ARE IN ORDER. MY HOUSE IS IN ORDER. WHEN THAT TRUMPET SOUNDS, IT WON'T BE FOR ME AS A THIEF IN THE NIGHT. IT WON'T BE FOR ME SOMETHING THAT CATCHES ME OFF GUARD. IN FACT, THE ONLY THING THAT'S SURPRISING TO ME IS THAT IT HASN'T HAPPENED YET. So just three reasons, okay? Is that that okay? Because the Maui fires hit so close to home for us, I'm going to start with the book of Revelation and the prophecy about what's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation. Namely that of God destroying those who destroy the earth. Listen. THE PROPHECY IS THAT GOD'S GOING TO DESTROY THOSE WHO DESTROY THE EARTH, MEANING THAT THERE WILL BE THOSE WHO DESTROY THE EARTH. AND THE PROPHECY IS GOD'S GOING TO DESTROY THOSE WHO DESTROY THE EARTH. YOU GOT THAT RIGHT? THIS IS A PROPHECY THAT'S GOING TO BE FULFILLED IN AND DURING THE SEVEN YEAR TRIBULATION AND IT'S FOUND IN REVELATION CHAPTER 11 VERSES 16 THROUGH 18, LISTEN TO THIS, JOHN by the Holy Spirit. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, the one who is and who was, and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and... SHOULD DESTROY THOSE WHO DESTROY THE EARTH. I'M STARTING WITH THIS PARTICULAR PROPHECY BECAUSE OF THE SPECIFICITY WITH WHICH WE'RE TOLD THAT GOD WILL DESTROY THOSE WHO DESTROY THE EARTH. IN OTHER WORDS, THE PRESUPPOSITION IS THAT BY THE TIME THIS PROPHECY IS FULFILLED IN THE TRIBULATION, THE DESTRUCTION OF THE EARTH WILL HAVE IN LARGE MEASURE ALREADY TAKEN place which begs the question of whether or not we're seeing said destruction of the earth beginning to come to pass now pre-tribulation? Answer, a resounding yes. I'm going to show you a screenshot pictured here from CTV News showing all the fires in the world happening right now as we speak. Look at that map. It's important to understand that the demon-possessed conspirators, as I call them, that are destroying the earth, are doing so because it's God's creation. And the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it he, here's the insidious, satanic, sinister, I ran out of S words, so we'll leave it at that, plot, evil plot, destroy God's creation so we can build back better. Does that sound a little bit familiar, like when Lucifer said, I will ascend my throne higher, greater, better. In Arabic, when you hear uh, Allah-u-Akbar, you know what that means in Arabic? Allah, not God, Allah is not synonymous with Jehovah. Allah is not the Arabic for God. It's the title of the Islamic God, the moon God that's the name of their God, Allah. It does not mean Allah is great. It means Allah is greater. That changes the whole complexion of it. Greater than who? Oh, Almighty God, I will ascend my throne higher, build back better. Are you making that connection? Actually this ties into the second reason I believe the pre-tribulation rapture could happen any time now, and it's because of not only the destruction of the earth, but also the destruction of those on the earth. You know what's sad? With the many distractions, diversions, and especially deceptions in the world today, this one has fallen through the cracks. What I'm speaking of are the countless number of deaths worldwide because of this poisonous death shot, also known as the so-called vaccine. I cannot shake Matthew twenty-four, twenty-one, and 22. This is Jesus speaking. Listen very carefully. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh, flesh and blood, human being would be saved. for the elect's sake, speaking of Israel, those days will be shortened. They had to be. Otherwise no human would survive because of the satanic depopulation plan already in place. There's too many people on the earth using up too much of the resources of the earth, so we got to get rid of them. I think I devoted an update to just the majority of which was just quotes of well-known figures stating almost verbatim what I just said. We need to reduce the population. There's too many people. There's not enough resources. Doubtless you've heard or seen the recent news reports such as this one from Becker News. It was posted last Tuesday. It bears the title of disturbing signs are surfacing. COVID lockdowns and mask mandates are coming back. Well, Becker News, they may very well be coming back, but I believe Jesus is coming back to rapture His bride. That's the good news, Becker News. How about that? <laughs> I do though need to read just a brief quote from this report, if that's okay. I think you'll see why, as I do. Quoting there are disturbing signs surfacing that U.S. government agencies are aiming, put that in your hip pocket for now, to bring back (laughs) COVID lockdowns and mask mandates as breathless (gasps) new reports of highly mutated variants are spreading through the media like wildfire. <laughs> Come on. Woo! <laughs> Aiming, that's deliberate. I gotta aim. I better be careful with this one. <laughs> I better not do that that way. Breathless, really? Spreading like wildfire? I need to go back to last week's update, Psalm 37. Don't fume over evildoers and workers of iniquity because this. Praise the Lord. Now, the third reason. by the way, the Lord gets the last laugh. Can't wait. I'm actually asking for a front row seat. You, you should ask too. We, maybe we sit together. Is that bad? Third reason. It has to do with these upcoming summits one of which took place this last week. Now, because we've addressed this in prior updates, I'll just briefly explain what these summits are and why they are and will be a game changer in every sense of the word. We'll start with the BRICS Summit, which is the acronym for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. THIS GROUP OF FIVE NATIONS HAVE A SIGNIFICANT IMPACT ON THE GLOBAL ECONOMY AND THEIR AIM IS GLOBAL GOVERNANCE. This much-anticipated summit officially commenced last Tuesday with its president saying, quote, it is expected to be the most significant in the group's history. Of course it is. The second one is the UN Sustainable Development Goals, also known as SDGs, Summit 2023, It will be held September 18th and 19th in New York. This is Agenda 2030, you understand. Now, what is the prophetic significance of this? Well, it cannot be overstated because on June 13th, They announced their agenda. Yes, they have an agenda, their aim, if you prefer, for this particular summit this year. Not only did they announce it, they specified it as the new agenda for peace by the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs. Again, we covered this prior, but they did so by way of a publication bearing the title. You see it there on the screen. Maybe they can put it back up for those of you online. We need seven years. time is it now? Yep, you got seven years of accelerated transformative action to achieve SDGs Goals, Agenda 2030. Seven years. We need seven years. Not eight. We just need seven. Six? No, not enough. We need seven. Perfect. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Enter this upcoming summit right here on Oahu, which we talked about last week. It's the Hawaii Digital Government Summit Honolulu scheduled for Monday, September 25th. As I mentioned last week, I don't plan to be available that day. It seems that on the heels of what happened on and to Maui, this particular summit was on the receiving end of unwanted attention as evidenced by a subsequent post about quote, (laughs) misleading social media posts circulating, falsely asserting that this summit is aimed at transforming Maui into the first smart island. Well, that's because it was aimed at transforming Maui into the first smart island as early as 2006, maybe even earlier. Okay. Let me try to bring it in here. Would you agree with me that the timing of all of this is as suspect as it is prophetic? Uh, what do you mean? Well it comes at what's affectionately referred to as a high watch time. What's a high watch time? I'm glad you asked. The fall feasts. Specifically that of the Feast of Trumpets, which is also known as Rosh Hashanah. This is the reason that students of Bible prophecy get so excited during this time because Jesus fulfilled the first four feasts at the appointed time. This is why many believe the last three will also be fulfilled at the appointed time. Quick reference, just real quick. Seven feasts of the Lord. By the way, the word feast, same word in my native language of Arabic as it is in the Old Testament Hebrew, it's the word mo'ad. The word mo'ad carries with it the meaning of an appointed time or appointment or sign pointing to the appointed time and final destination when it's fulfilled, And every single one of these seven moads will be, the last three of which will be fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ, vis-a-vis the first four being fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ. They are feasts, moads, signs, pointing to the appointed time when they would be fulfilled, the feast of Passover, the crucifixion, the feast of unleavened bread, the burial, the feast of first fruits, the resurrection, the feast of Pentecost, the birth of the church, the church age, the first four at the appointed time. Next one, the feast of trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Some of you are going, when is it this year? It's before September 25th. You, you look it up. You look it up. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, TO Rapture. Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the second coming, the whole house of Israel will be saved. The, The atonement when they call upon the one that they had pierced. And then the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Feast of Booths, the millennium the kingdom age, that 1,000 year rule and reign on earth in its pre-fallen state, and eternity future. All of these moads, the appointed time, fulfilled at the appointed time by the person of Jesus Christ. That's why we get excited, by the way. Be that as it may, I'm going to end the way we began, and once again pose the question, what if the pre-trib rapture is about to happen at the appointed time this year? What would you do? What would you do that you're currently not doing if you knew the pre-trib rapture could happen at the appointed time this year. I'll say it one last time. What do you have to lose by being ready? What do you have to lose by also readying others so they're ready by getting Jesus to people and people to Jesus? This is the gospel. You know the rapture is the gospel too, right? It's it's, it's sad because the go-to is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses when Paul says this is the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that's not the first time the apostle Paul wrote about the gospel. The first time he wrote about the gospel was in his first letter to the Thessalonians in the context of the rapture. Here's the Gospel. Jesus Christ came. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the Gospel, the good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what the Gospel is. Please don't leave off the last part, the best part, the rapture part. That's part of the good news. That's the best part of the good news. I mean, just think about it. What if, what if it was just the good good news? Jesus came, he died for you, he was buried, he rose again on the third day. Have a nice day. Bye. No. <laughs> He's coming back to take us out. Good news. We've been doing the ABCs of salvation for. I guess I lost count of how many years now. Maybe somebody knows. And we do it because, imagine, people are getting saved. I know, shocking. It's just a tool, a simple tool to equip you with so that you, like Peter writes, can be at the ready. Should God ever give you the profound privilege of sharing Jesus with somebody, and even leading them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's just a simple childlike tool, starting with the A, which is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. You're a sinner, and you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. No one's good. You might be good, but no one will ever be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned, and now there's a penalty for that sin, and that's Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. That's the bad news. We've all sinned, and we've all been sentenced to death. Here's the good news, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice the contrast between gift and wages. He purchased the gift, and He offers it to us. It cost Him everything. That's the A, here's the B, and this is so central. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans ten nine says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. John three sixteen, the most well known verse in all of the Bible. Everybody knows John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would. Believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. The sea lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10:9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. By the way, very quickly, this is really important. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The only difference is it's either now for salvation or then for eternal damnation. But every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Romans ten thirteen seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I implore you, I plead with you. If you're watching online, you're still, there's a reason. <laughs> God has brought you to this video for such a time as this for today is the day of salvation and the day of your salvation if you're here in this church and you've never called upon the name of the lord putting your trust in him believing in him i'm 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 imploring you i i beseech you i beg you today is the day to make the most important decision of your life for eternal life tomorrow is not guaranteed now is the time well today's but god testimony comes from Lori arnold who writes hi pastor jd my name is Lori, and we live in southern california i have a but god story that i hope will bless you and be a reminder that god is good even when massive destruction is taking place all around us i have been listening to your prophecy updates for years you poor thing and I frequently take a deep dive into your past sermons when I do my studies because I can count on your accuracy and discernment and knowledge of Scripture. A huge thank you to your congregation for sharing you with the rest of us, to which you would say, you can have him. (laughs) Back to my butt God story. Three weeks ago, My husband and I went to a cabin in our local mountains, as we often do, to retreat from the crazy around us. We take our Bibles, food, bottled water, fishing pole, not much else, no news, no people, no mail, no worries. That sounds really good. It's wonderful. Last week, I received the text from my sister to let us know that a hurricane was headed to Southern California as she shared the devastating news about Maui. For the last two Sundays, we tuned into your live services on your website from the safety of our cabin in the woods and our slippers next to a cozy fire in the fireplace, listening to the birds chirping outside the living room window. That's too much information, by the way. Just kidding. We prayed for all those affected on Maui and prayed for the supplies to get delivered to those who needed them most. Praise the Lord, they did. Why am I telling you this? Because the terror that was about to unfold all around us came on so fast and without notice and without reason. "'It began to sprinkle on Sunday afternoon, "'then turned to much-needed rain around dinnertime. "'We watched the small creek near the cabin "'beginning to swell and overflow its borders. "'Within minutes, the flow of the water ran over the dirt road "'to the cabin, which is the only way out. "'I told my husband how blessed we are to have food and water "'to last for several weeks if we have to.' stay for a few extra days. As the night's darkness fell upon us, the rain increased. The river roared. Boulders began to slam against each other. Trees were being ripped out of the ground like twigs. And to top it off, the electricity went out. The deep blackness all around us was barely affected by our dim flashlights. That was our first but-God moment. I began to sing, God is so good, (laughs) I I almost, God, you so, she sang a different song, God is so good, God is so good, he's so good to me. A peace came over me that surpasses all human understanding. I know that's scripture. But unless you have experienced it in a spiritual way, peace is just another nice word. A flash flood was destroying everything right outside our front door. But God heard my praise and worship. I did not know the outcome of the storm. I did not know if we were going to live through it. But I knew that God was present, and that was all that mattered. At first light Monday morning, we exited the cabin. We just stood there, staring at the chaos and destruction. I asked God why He spared our lives. But that is not even the best part of the story. The floodwaters took a small 10-foot-wide creek and made it as wide as two football fields and 20 feet deep in some areas. It took out streets, bridges, trees, and cabins. Nothing was off limits. So here's the good part. We walk down the dirt road that is our only exit off the mountain. It meets up with a paved road that will get us to the highway. God caused the raging waters to make a sharp right turn right at that intersection so that we would have a way to escape. You can't make this stuff up. God did that. I'm bawling as I'm writing this to you. His grace and mercies toward us are endless. Even in the middle of our darkest hour, He is there. No matter how much chaos and destruction is all around us, He is there. Even when the deafening sounds, can you imagine, are so loud that we can feel it in our hearts, He is there. I would not trade His presence for anything this world has to offer. People can say, oh, you thank Him and praise Him now because you've made it through that wrong. We thanked Him and praised Him through that because He is deserving of glory and honor and praise regardless of our circumstances in his service, Lori. Capono, come on up. Please stand. That might be someone here today or watching online. And uh, just the deafening sound of those boulders, of those trials in your life, and. YOU'RE SITTING THERE IN THIS DARK HOUR IN THIS TRIAL WONDERING IF YOU'RE EVEN GOING TO MAKE IT OUT. HE IS THERE WITH YOU. HE WILL SEE YOU THROUGH. FATHER IN HEAVEN, THANK YOU. WE COVERED A LOT TODAY. IT'S EXCITING, CERTAINLY. AND LORD, if THIS IS THE APPOINTED TIME, THEN ALL WE CAN SAY AND PRAY IS, MARANATHA, COME QUICKLY LORD JESUS AND TAKE US OUT OF HERE. YOU'RE OUR ONLY WAY OUT OF HERE. YOU'RE OUR ONLY HOPE. IT'S GETTING REALLY BAD. AND WE KNOW THAT YOU KNOW THAT. BUT PLEASE, LORD, Do not tarry. We long, we long, we ache, we yearn for your return. So come quickly, Lord Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: God, you're so good to me. You've always been so good to me. I'll sing it through eternity, God, you're so good, God, you're so good,
0: God, you're so
1: good to me, you've always been so good to me, I'll sing it through eternity, God, you're so good, I want to sing your praises. Well, I won't sing your praises all night long and every day. I'll stand and worship you my whole life through. God, you're so good to me. You've always been so good to me. I sing it through eternity. God your song I'll sing it through eternity. God your song so hallelujah.